everyone. It's April, and we're here again today to talk a little bit about our pets and ask Veronica some questions. Um, today, I am fortunate enough to have our producer, Emma, uh, Emma Dowd, who is, you know, runs the show for us pretty much, but uh, she's going to be um, taking Tony's place today because Tony is on her way here to California. She's visiting a friend, old friend, um, down in Palm Springs. Um, she leaves today. She'll probably be there later tonight. Yes, I am going to go down and see her. It's about a, almost an hour and a half, two-hour drive going from here to where he's at in Palm Springs. And, yes, I'm taking Guinness to see her because, if you all remember, Tony was the one that helped me get Guinness. So we have a long history, and so does she, um, with Guinness. So, of course, I'm going to take a day off. And I'm going to drive down there. We're going to spend the afternoon together, probably play some Scrabble. And then I'll come back. Um, and she's got to meet Guinness. I mean, he's he's full of life, vim and vigor, and just a little snarky boy, just like he's always been. And I think it will do her heart good to see that. So everyone else here is in good shape. Um, I do have to report that little Miss um, Nellie, she, ha- she has chronic dry eyes. And she has to have drops in her eyes, one drop in each eye, two times a day for the rest of her life, 365 days a year. But I'm noticing she's a little bit hesitant. She started to notice that she was a little bit hesitant, like if I open up the office door and say, come on, doggies, come on out, the other two will, you know, scamper out. And then she kind of comes to the door and she kind of hangs back. I'm thinking she can't see too well. Because when I exa- I looked at her eyes, and it looks like there's the beginnings, because Guinness had cataracts, a beginning of a cataract um, on her left eye. So I called the vet, and he said, well, finish out the drops for this month. He says, and bring her in in two weeks. He says, up it a little bit, see if we can get something going on. But he said, she's 14 now, and she's getting to the spot where he says things are going to start to blow out a bit, um, even a little dog. So... I am going to take her in, though, to see if there's anything we can do. And she's in a safe environment. I mean, if she goes blind, um, Guinness was, you know, a good 60% blind. And I have the best environment for that, and I'm with her constantly. I help her if she gets stuck somewhere. I mean, I help her. So it's like she has a seeing eye human. Like you have a seeing eye dog, she has a seeing eye human. And she's she's going to get the best care possible. Now, Biddy is three years younger. She's 11, just turning 11, and Nellie's 14. And, of course, the little tyrant, Guinness, is about a year and a half, going on two. So I have quite an age span in there. So I have, like, the geriatric food section and the, you know, teenager food section in my house. And I'm just happy that they're all here. And I don't think anybody's in bad shape, but I do think Nellie's going to probably go blind on me at some point, and I'll just have to take care of her. That's all. Um, because she's a happy puppy, and she's best happy when she's sleeping with me. She likes well, it's one of those dogs that likes to sleep in your armpit, and I'll get up in there. And she's the best ever. So, Emma, do you sleep with your dog? Emma, do you, do you sleep with your dog? I do. I have two of them, and uh, two left, and one likes to sleep underneath the covers. I call her the wedge. And what she is known for is slamming up against your legs, and then you can't move. And you can feel her fat, like, edge around your leg, into the crevice, and out. That's why I call her the wedge. 
And then I have another one that likes to sleep upside down. He's a, he's a um, standard dachshund, and he likes to sleep on his back, and he likes to put his butt right in your face. So you might wake up to seeing a How butt. <laughs> or at least a foot in your face. At least a foot in your face. You might be sitting there. You might be sitting there and start to smell like Fritos, and that's because he's got his feet in your face. Ooh. <laughs> that's pretty funny. <laughs> well, anyways, obviously, folks, Emma's just as much of a dog-crazy person as I am and as Tony is, obviously. Uh, we take care of their, our dogs like they're our children, Um and they have the best of everything. I mean, I will not buy something for myself and get it for the do- get something for, to get something for the dogs. That's how it is. And I used to make the joke all the time that when I'd go to the grocery store, I'd spend two hundred dollars. One hundred ninety-seven of it was on the animals. Three bucks for me. <laughs> That's about how it goes. Time. <laughs> but it's okay because they're my children. They are Emma's children, and we will do anything for them. And that's if you're going to have a dog, have one. That's how I always think. I mean, do it. Go 100% in. Go all in so that they get the best experience possible. So, Emma, I'm going to run off and get Veronica. And please say hi to our folks today. Yeah, we'll do. Well, welcome to the show, everybody. I'm glad you're able to join us. This is going to be a fun show. we got about four questions for uh, Veronica, and I hope that she's going to give us some really good answers for you guys. And, of course, you can always find out more by going to uh, www.innerwhispersradio.com. And while you're there, you can fill out any comment, and it becomes the questions that we play on our show. So don't be shy. Get out there and, and, and ask your questions. So, Veronica, are you there? Mm, yes, we are. Good day to you. And good day to you. How's everything going? We don't have the same experience that all of you are having. Uh, we can touch into it a bit when we talk to you like this, when we come through the April Crawford. But we don't have like a linear event schedule. We exist and we participate on our own terms, not a time-related dictated term. Man, I wish my life was like that. That was a little bit probably more than you were wanting, but (laughs) there you go. Exactly. Well, are you ready for our first question? We certainly are. Perfect. Okay, this one comes from uh, Joanne or Joanne. I can't figure out how to how to pronounce that, but she says, "I am a Capricorn with a Moon sign in Aries. I am absolutely nothing like the characteristics that are listed." I feel like I'm reading about an entirely different person. Why is that? Well, you have to remember, astrology is man-made. And it is a lot, it's the energy of the alignment of each day and moment that exists, and you are born within that energy field, then you are considered like a Capricorn or a Sagittarius. And then you are given items to look at it with it. We would say that you've got to remember that this is a planetary-based thing. It's not a linear experiential thing. And the stage which is set with all the alignments of the planets and the stars and everything as the cir- a circular motion of the planets start, that's where you just determine what kind of energy you are. You are identified by the energy fields that 
was in existence when you came in, and that's how they base all this. Now, there are moments where, and it's speed up a little bit, that the whole planetary system has evolved a bit and grown. So let's say you're determined as a Capricorn, and the energy moves and realigns itself as it grows. That's the planetary energy. Thus, Capricorn may move a bit into Sagittarius, or it could move into whatever, you know, um, Capricorn, and it moves into Aries and Pisces and all these different ones. It can move over a little bit. So you, Joni, may be reading that, but you're reading the Capricorn, but you're really have the energy has moved into a different stage. So maybe we should check before and after signs to see if you fit in one of those because sometimes the energy moves over a bit. It's very complicated, very difficult to present over this kind of environment, but that's usually what goes on and that's why it gets a little messy. Because a Capricorn now maybe was really a Sagittarius at one point, or they moved forward and they were now an Aries at another point. It's, it moves, and the planet and the solar system grows just like the linear does. It's a different type of thing, but it is pretty much the same. So we would say don't be discouraged, and perhaps take a moment or two where you go and say, okay, I'm going to read Sagittarius at the same time here and see if that fits me a little bit better. It may. So don't be discouraged. It is a man-made linear perception, but it does have fluidity and it can move. So don't throw it all in the wastebasket because you, know, you don't match it. You may just be looking at the wrong one. Very good. Well, our next question is for Doug, and Doug asks, what purpose do lower astrals serve? They are a life form. They are a bit more ethereal. They don't have bodies. But they're not as advanced or evolved, I'd say, as like some of the other planes of existence, the causal plane, the Buddhist plane. They just don't have enough frequency movement to move into those realms. So they're kind of in this stage. Now, there's the higher astral and there's the lower astral. What purpose they serve is that it's providing that space is providing them with opportunity to grow and evolve. Many look at some of the lower astrals as negative or dark. We wouldn't say that they're dark or negative, but just like with any collective of life forms, there's going to be some jerks in there. So you're going to have some that come along and are mischievous. We don't think they're evil. We don't think they have negative intent, but they are mischievous, and sometimes their sense of humor isn't a great one. So, and they're jerks. So decide that do serve a purpose. It's a step in the ladder of evolution. And looks like everybody's been through the different planes. And a lot of you have been through the lower astral realms and the higher ones as you move forward in your journey. So it's a stepping stone. Being in the lower astral is a stepping stone to evolution and allows you to evolve and expand and grow in that environment. But again, there's going to be some jerks along the way. There's a few jerks in the human race. 
there's a few jerks in the animal kingdom <laughs> all the way. And the same will hold through hold true for the others. So that's what they serve, my dear. The next question comes from Barb. And Barb asks, are we the same age in all of our parallel lives? Yes. The age you are in the moment, all of your parallel lives are that age because you're making different choices. Parallel lives are merely the opportunity to make different choices with the same sets of drama. That's what they are. Now, you could move out. Like say in one, like in the parallel life, let's say you had a diagnosis of cancer and it's pretty bad. And in this reality, you make the choice to not do the treatments that you say, I'm not going to do that. But in another reality, you do. And the parallel life, you decide that you are going to do the treatments and you survive it, where maybe in the life that you're living, you don't. So the parallel life can finish out the main life that you have going on. It also can be where you decide to leave early or you decide to leave later. It all works out at the end, but it's not a separate life. It's the life you are living, and you are the age you are as you go through the life. It's it's not anything other than making different choices so that you get a full, rounded experience with whatever you're trying to go through. Very good. Okay, we have another question from Andrew, and Andrew asks, are there really beings that exist on other planets? Um, yes. <laughs> we can do some explanation here, but the answer is a big Y-E-S, yes. It would be very arrogant and a little insensitive for a human to think that they are the only species that has existed anywhere in the solar systems of everything of all that is. They are not um, ahead of anybody. You're all having different experiences. And the ingredients of different planets and different solar systems may make your body or the form that you are inhabiting different. Like say you might be born on a planet that doesn't have oxygen. So therefore, your oxygenated lungs in this particular reality wouldn't, wouldn't work there. So it's an opportunity to have all these different planets, all these different experiences available, and you can choose which one you want to go into. It's actually a really good thing. But please know that there are many thousands of different types of species that exist for experimentation to, to have a life to live in. And a lot of them are very different. Some of them are a lot alike. But to think that the human race is the only living beings is kind of uh, not accurate. So, yes, there really are beings that exist on other planets in this solar system and other solar systems. And, again, the solar system you're in isn't the only solar system. There's multiple. And that's a little hard for linear to wrap your head around that. So we suggest you ponder it. Think about it. Maybe do a little research of your own and see, you know, see what other planets have to offer. Um, like, you know, what elements are available or what opportunities may be available. Just know that the human race is not the only one. For the first time, we actually had somebody that that wrote in a question while we were broadcasting, and it's a pretty cool question, and I don't know if you have time to answer it. Is it okay? This one comes from from Chris. 
It says, does immortality exist in the physical? Well, it depends on which physical environment you're talking about. Um, you kind of put that in a little nutshell there. What happens is, is that, read the question once more. Yeah. Does immortality exist in the physical? It can. And in some environments, physical environments that aren't human, there is an, a long line of immortality where you can exist eternally. But that doesn't exist for the human race. There is no, there is no immortality in the human race in the developmental process that it is currently in. Now, there are some who can extend their biology. What you're dealing with here is a biological form that your energy is coming in to take over. The biological form is subject to the conditions of the planet Earth, and therefore things grow, things decay, they decline, and then they grow back again. That's why you have spring, and then you have summer, and then fall, everything dies away, and then it is reborn again. That's kind of the immortality that plants and trees have. But we'd say that it, it doesn't exist for the human race as all of you know it now. Now, perhaps at some point they might find a way to extend the life of the cells and the biology of all of you as humans. But we think that's a little ways off. Well, very good. And that was our last question. So I'm going to have you take a break, and I'm going to tell everybody how they can write in and ask questions, just like we did today. All right. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for watching today's show. I hope you guys learned a lot from it. And if you have questions, which I know most of you do, it's very easy. You just go to innerwhispersradio.com and place a comment on any one of the shows. And when we get that, we review them and we put them out there uh, for people to, uh, for, for Veronica to answer. And sometimes some of our questions have been answered before. And so um, if, you, if your question wasn't brought up just yet, don't worry. It more than likely will come up in a very uh, um, upcoming episode. So now uh, we're going to bring Veronica back to give you the message of the day. We're here. There we are. Oh, and a glorious day it is. Why not consider every day to do kind things, to prepare yourself to engage the world, but do it without judgment. Go through the day and let people be who they are. Go through the day and not express and push your opinion or perspective on anyone. Allow your energy to flow out of you, but don't push. Allow the energy to flow. It's important for incarnates, when they deal with each other, to have that flow of energy between them. And we would say it takes work to do that. It's very difficult to exist in physical reality without being mindful of to do it softly, gently, and to put a little bit of energy into that. You just can't let things unfold. And make kindness at the top of your list for everything. I'm going to be kind because it's so easy to be not kind. And that is like like a root that is very deeply planted in your 
planet. The lack of kindness is something that grows up and it, it turns situations to be much worse than they actually are. Decide you don't need to do that. If you're being unkind, it is because that you are feeling insecure in your own spot, in your perspective. So get yourself settled. Get yourself focused. And decide you're going to eliminate all unkind things and bring in more kind things for yourself and for others. It's to do that, especially in the environment that all of you are in. It's work to be kind. But we highly suggest that kindness is the only choice that's going to help you evolve and grow. If you become combative, if you become really negative, it's going to be a much more of a slippery uphill climb where you're slipping backwards on that slope all the time. The only thing that's going to anchor you as you make your way through your life is to have a kind energy about you and utilize that kind energy, even if you don't want to. Because sometimes people can be jerks. Other incarnates can, you know, foul up your day. But if you stoop to their level and respond at the level that they're addressing you, nobody gets anything out of it. But if you decide, okay, they're being a jerk, I'm going to be kind to them. That usually confuses somebody who's really upset. Them know that you're not going to engage them on the same negative level. Be kind whenever you can. It's actually a great tool for conversing with people because kindness helps people relax. Kindness helps people feel like they're connecting with you. That's important. That's very important. So put kindness on your list right at the top. Underline it with a big red pencil and say, that's what I'm going to practice because it's better for you. It's better for your energy. It's better for everyone else's energy. And, hey, there can be some growth here. Even if you're disagreeing, you can, be, you can disagree and still be kind. You don't have to become a jerk to disagree with somebody. And if somebody is being extremely negative to you, keep, your, keep yourself steady. Don't back up. Don't, you know, but don't stoop to the negative level that they're stooping to because that can nowhere. Negative plus negative. Always equal negative. But a negative plus a positive, there's a chance that the negative part will rise up a bit. Why not? It's basic science. So put kindness at the top of your list and participate in it whenever you can. And that includes all the, you know, kind of bad times, especially the bad times. Bring the kindness in and see what happens. You may be surprised. Well, I appreciate everybody coming in and tuning into the into today's show. We will be back again next week with more questions and more comments and, of course, more pet stories that you, I know you guys all love. So tune in next week, and we will see you then. Have a great week. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Bye, everybody.